Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of The Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Well, it is Thursday. Yes. I'm excited about Thursday. I'm excited about being able to do what we do for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I tell him regularly, I like doing this for him because, and he likes it too, because he said, I finally got a spoke person. I got somebody who will cry out loud and spare not. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. She told me I have to look up. Mm-hmm. All right. I thought I was talking to the Block Talk people, but you know, they got new equipment now, so. <laughs> <laughs> They're showing off. Now i got to keep pace with the new technology. But anyway, I want to thank God for what we're doing. Actually, before we get started, can we talk about November, our event coming up in November? Hey, by the way, guys, got my coffee. Hope you did. It's great today. We just every now and then profit asks me and I make good coffee. <laughs> mm. So we will be sipping coffee. We'll do water later because we should do healthy. But I want to talk about our event. Let's talk about it. We're going to have Prophet Ashley come from around the camera to look so you can see how happy she is. Uh, Are you happy? I'm happy. Yes. You got new stuff, new toys. Your toys are playing well. Isn't that nice? Yes. Want to go around? Yes. Well, just so there. Look at you. Come on. Well, hello. Hey, how are you going to have on your, you know, professor look today? Some great 
opportunities that I'm glad you didn't change it because I ended up not being opportunities um, no, no, to, right. to, to do it or to include people. But it's always that Wednesday through, well, the conference and the summit ends on Saturday, but we have church on Sunday, and a lot of our attendees stay over yes. and come to church with us. And so uh, it is here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, our New Era Apostleship Summit at the Doubletree, the Warren Place Doubletree Hotel, not the downtown Doubletree Hotel, the Warren Place Doubletree Hotel. This year, it's like a bundle. Yes. What do we have going on? Come on, let's talk about What don't we have going on? Okay, Wednesday, the first day of the event, we have our dignitaries dinner. But even before that, the AITs, the Apostles in Training. Yes. We have our inquisition. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take this because she, she's one of the AIT <laughs> questions. So, you know, she has a personal okay. stake in that. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, this year, we are commissioning six apostles. These are the six very first apostles for New Era Apostleship Restitution, which is my collaborative. They have been in training for at least two years, some soon, some more. Mm -hmm. And so we have an AIT commissioning uh, program for credentialing, because commissioning is a type of credentialing. We don't often think about it. So um, our program requires at least a minimum of 18 months of, of training and education and practice, uh, or up to 36 months. So this year, this particular class, class of 2018, yes, has, uh, we're, we're literally, we are presenting new era apostleship restitution apostles fully, fully credentialed mm -hmm. with portfolio. I want you to think about that. Fully credentialed with portfolio. And what is the importance of a credentialing with portfolio versus without? Well, with portfolio, yes, with portfolio credentialing or commissioning with portfolio means that the person who correct, uh, credentialed you or commissioned you, credentialed you and authorized you to carry out a particular portion of its commission, of that entity's commission. So you have the, the portfolio says how you will do it, what, the ways you'll get it done, and the type of training and readiness you had to equip you to do it. And so we, uh, we can, we're commissioning them with portfolio because we're not expecting you to just walk out with a title and uh, a wonderful tape of the ceremony that you didn't know was coming. <laughs> or with that with all of the beautiful adornments that mm -hmm. we've seen and nothing to really equip you. Exactly. For doing that. <laughs> now, the reason I, I do two things. One of the reasons that I make it, that we have a ceremony is because people need to know something happened to change their station, their stature, and the requirements of their life. They need to know that. That needs to be clear. So uh, the week before, they come in for their final module of training, which is solidifying their, their consciousness for commissioning and also standing them before a panel of apostolic leaders, senior leaders, uh, for them to defend the fact or prove, because it really isn't a defense right now, but to prove that they are ready to take up the task of a delegated commission. And so the panel will, that, that will happen on Wednesday day. They will be questioned and, and et cetera. We will record portions of it and then move forward into something else. The idea is that people ought not to be commissioned and not know what to do the day after. Everything in the program is to see to it that the day after commissioning, they can get to work on what God commissioned them to do. And it's the get to work plan. That portfolio is the get to work plan. You are almost done, aren't you? Yes. Yes, because yours is, you said yours is about finished. Yes. 
Yes, hers is about finished. So we and so what they did because it's due Friday. It's due Friday, <laughs> and it's a perfect and it's a it's literally a manual. It's it's um leather bound. We yes. leather bound it. I think it is the most remarkable one bringing credibility to the program. Apostles say we want to be credible. Prophets say they want to be credible. But when it comes to actually doing the work of credibility, credentialing, is when you find out how much you have or have not thought about what you're going to do with this exactly and specifically. And not just ethereally, and I'm just going to do this for God, I'm going to do that for God, and Mm -hmm. whatever. I mean, the questions we have to answer (laughs) are wonderful. Can you remember one of the questions? Well, yes. Uh, Well, it ranges from historical accounts mm-hmm. of how we got there to what we learned from the training program, various questions, pointed questions, name five things here and list this and list that. And then uh, the, the commissioning aspect, uh, according to your understanding, mm-hmm. what do you understand your commission to be, your vision, uh, how do you plan to implement it, how do you plan to be successful mm-hmm. in what you do? Mm-hmm. And who is your sphere? Mm-hmm. What's the, the uh, people group or arena that is best suited to your commission. And we we um, commission people. We our commissions go from grade three, grade one to grade five. We always have that so that people who are turning to our commissionees will know the the magnitude and the latitude of uh, of apostleship they are equipped to handle. We do not commission people above their capacity because it's, re- it's not necessary, because we need apostles at every level. We need the apostles that are going to come, catch the folks coming off the street, build up those kind of things, go into those kinds of nations, and then we need the experts who will perpetuate the superiority, the superlativeness of what we train them to do. Um, so it's, it's a very a complex thing. You definitely want to be a part of it. You, mm-hmm. you want to see it. And, and from there, then we move into the ceremony. So the commissioning is not just a matter of, well, write us a paper if you do. No, no. There is a full documentation. There is a completed praxis because apostles are doing the acts of the Almighty. So praxis and acts are the same, and we work on that. The acts, they have to prove that they can make it happen. They, we don't commission without fruit. If you don't have fruit, then obviously if you don't have fruit in training, you will not have fruit. And serve it. You just won't. You'll have followers. You'll be able to gather. You know, I spent a lot of years listening to different folks talk about the gatherer versus the, the consumer and all of that. But I want you to understand a gatherer can be a, a, a rock star, a fan, coach. Right. But, 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 but a replicant, a transformer, that's something different. And so we need to see what it is and all of the major themes of, uh, of apostleship are covered. So we're going to have a great time. And then from there, from the afternoon, they, they, they come in, and then that evening, uh, Wednesday evening, we have our dignitaries dinner. Yes. And we have Dr. Nichols. Mm-hmm. Dr. Reginald Nichols. Reginald Nichols mm-hmm. out of Portland, Warner Pacific College. I'm vice president, I do believe. I don't want to get it wrong, but some department. Yeah. But I don't want to get it wrong. Amazing man. And, you know, because we are, we understand apostleship to be cerebral. It's a heady calling. Um. It's a very heavy call, yeah. even more than mental. Prophets are mental. They're going to give their mind to Christ, to the law of government. But a cerebral, and so the prophets, their prophets are very heady. And so we, we push toward the end. Why? Because if you have to go to the head of state, you need to be smart. 
you need to have an education. Really? Yeah, because we're assuming that a few of them learned a few things. No, well, you know, the old move always relied on the anointing, which people could just tell you and declare they have or not, and then, and, and then um, the uh, observer can agree or disagree. Not that this is a established institution. It comes from our um, School of Apostles Commission. The program is the Apostles in Training Credentialing Program. And the idea is credentialing from which we get the word credibility. See? Yes. So a lot of times you don't know how credible these people are because you have no way to track them. Their work, our apostles' work, is, 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 is evaluated, it's confirmed, it's going to be on our site, and they're going to be able to do it and, and carry it out. And carry it out at whatever grade their end product says they can handle. Because not everybody can bail up under an international ministry of a multinational ministry. Not everybody can bail up under particular uh, service or whatever. We have some that are going to be apostles to prophets. We have some that are going to be entrepreneurial prophets, judicial prophets, because I need to have that classification. So you are in your sphere. Because, see, you can be in the right office, in the right calling, and not in your sphere, and you're in the wrong sphere, that sphere is going to push back on you, resist you, fight everything you do because you are, are incompatible with each other. We do the same thing with our prophets in June. And so we have that, and then Thursday morning, we have, we kick off our session, and then Thursday, with Dr. Price, yes, with me, let's run past her. Keynote, Keynote, host, Dr. Price, is Thursday, day. <laughs> Dr. Price, you want to come and hear her? sit down and unload, that is the time to do it on apostleship. You are the whole day, the, whole the day. first day. Yes. And then that evening. Thursday evening, mm-hmm. we will have the ceremony. Yes. And that is something to behold. You, these people have family and friends coming from all around the country to watch them move into that next layer of ministry. Now, what we, whether people agree with it or not, according to Scripture, the apostle is the highest human seat Jesus Christ has in his church and in his kingdom. They just don't come any higher. And so, and as you study the apostles, you realize that that's what they did. And they extended the realm of the king. I like the definition that you gave. I hope, I hope to read it in your writing. Do you remember? About apostles are yes. experts in all things Jesus? Yes. All things Jesus Christ. That's it. it is I, that's the simplest. First, first thing. First thing. <laughs> That is the simplest um, explanation and definition I've had, and I said as much. I said, you know, we're going to keep that because in the end, the apostle of Jesus Christ is the master or expert in everything Jesus Christ and can expertise anything Jesus Christ wants to do in the flesh. And trust me, there is a word called expertise. Because <laughs> you know I know the word, right? So are they flowing with me normal? So we are encouraging you to finish this. And then the next day, we have our brand new, three newly commissioned apostles mm-hmm. speaking in their new level. And chief prophet. And our chief, well, you know yes. our chief prophet. Yes. Yes. We thank God for our chief prophet because we surely work that girl there. Yes. We do. We get mileage And we keep finding things. Yes. <laughs> but you know, she doesn't but she keeps trying to communication. She does. You know, she's the one putting me on, on my head a thousand times. I'm going to come up smarter. They, they do this to each other. It's actually a very fun interplay to watch. Dr. Price and Papatala. <laughs> Because she will say, Mom, Dr. Price, you need to do, put it in this, so on and so forth. And Dr. Price is like, really? Because I already have 10 books I'm doing. Yes. And then she'll say, hey, you need to do this, this, and this. And she's like, really? So it's very funny. Okay, the synergy in our organization is amazing. And we work hard to, to remain 
synergize and also synchronize because we have to be on the same page at the same time. Absolutely love what God is doing. So that's that Friday we get to hear from our newly commissioned apostles, and that you know, couple of them. That is astounding. And then of course we have our prayer and graduation awards and things like that. And we have change of this year. We finally bring them back. Meeting, meeting, meeting. We're finally bringing back chambers. Now that I have uh, commissioned apostles under the mantle that God put upon me, I can now have the chambers. And that's where we work through various issues. All of the attendees get a chance to do that. But we don't want to spoil that secret. You need to come to see that because it is it is an astounding thing. And then from there, Saturday, we wrap it up. Thanks. And we also have on Friday our annual NEAR meeting. Oh, all yeah. near members do come. Mm-hmm. They're part of, and you have to come and congratulate our new, uh, our commission, newly commissioned apostles, because they are now representing the council of near with the mind of Christ that God gave when He birthed this thing. That's the other thing about training, because you know you, people can lay hands on you mm. as an apostle, although I've never seen in Scripture where anyone less than an apostle laid hands on an apostle. That's true. The model has not been that, yeah. because you know, the one who, who, who commissions you or the one who authorizes you have to be higher than you. I, t- I spoke last week about the janitor coming in and yes. said, well, the yes. Lord just said to me, or some traveling itinerant evangelist or something like that. So we are doing, we're working as hard as we can to follow the pattern laid down by scriptures offering mantles. And that means that apostles are going to lay hands on apostles and, and, and they're going to lay hands on bishops. Now, one thing I want to tell you, you're going to like, and that is, we do not commission apostles as bishops. Oh, this is good. Yeah, say that. Should we say that? Say that. Okay. We don't do that. I notice that many people, when you have, when you commission apostles, that you have them dress up like a bishop, look like a bishop, etc. But that's downgrading the calling. Mm. Because bishops mm. didn't exist when apostles were doing what they were doing. Bishops are church. Apostles are kingdom assigned to the church. Bishops are church. See, because bishop is nothing but a pastor over pastors. I mean, not nothing but, because I think bishops do all uh, an amazing job. How they kept us going this long, I don't know. And truly, when you meet a real one, boy, you know yeah, you, you met know a you met one. You yeah. know you met a bishop, mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ is the bishop of our soul. So, um, so I'm, this is not a put down, but a divine order is in Scripture. It is not in human hearts. So we can say, we'll probably give that down. Yes. Because you want to come back to this, <laughs> because we can say all day long that you know we're in divine order. You're not if you don't match with scripture. You're not in divine order. I don't care because scripture is what God said He wanted, and He He literally sent His church to the planet to bring a piece of His heaven into humans' world. Mm. And so that means that first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers is divine order. The threefold precedes the fivefold. Woo! Teaching already? Yeah, I know, but I'm not going to go do okay. today. I'm let you wait. Something else. Well, I want them to come on Thursday for the summit. Does this speak to any of you all out there? Because you have bishops make, uh, make ordaining and making apostles, but that's like the, 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 the second leadership making the first. And that's not how we do it. When Paul and Barnabas realized that they were going to be apostles, Paul went to, first place he went was to the apostles in Galatia. Yes. And they 
Yeah, that's right. God is doing Because who can tell you that you're apostle except somebody who's doing it and someone who's living it? So divine order. Now, I happen to think that divine order means what it says. Now, I think every apostle, it is, it, according to Acts chapter 1, every apostle is innately or in, well, innately a bishop, but not every bishop is an apostle. Now, we have apostolic bishops. And then we, we really do. We have bishops that are very apostolic. And then we have really bishopric apostles. But not, that's not a mandate. That's not a given. So when we start talking about there are bishops out there, you know that they're, they're not apostles, but they're as close as you can get, and they're apostolic bishops. But they still do not carry the fullness of the apostles' dispensation, providences. And we can go on. So those are the things that they learn. So because when my apostles complete this training, they will have more than head knowledge. They will have soul, con- soul conversion, and they'll understand the powers that's at work in them, that which has been granted to them. And doing the portfolio and practice lets you know how you have or have not been converted <laughs> throughout the training process. Yes, and I'm very, I'm looking for conversion. I'm like Jesus. Jesus said, when you are converted, Pete, come back and strengthen your brethren. Can we talk about translations for that just a second? Yes. Because that is only now, only in the King James. I know. Because it's, the other ones talk about when you return to me. I know. And, and the thing is, and the reason they do that is because all of those translations that have that are under the culture crafted church. Mm-hmm. They are oh. that's a, they are ecclesial mindset and not kingdom. And only because in those same Bibles, you're going to find them whitewashing and diminishing apostleship altogether anyway. A lot of the, their language is going to flip like it, does, like it belongs to the fivefold instead of the threefold. Mm. Yeah, my portfolio, I ended up using a lot of King James. Yes, and that's why the King James is still authorized. Because, see, these are all unauthorized. These are people who have done away, have decapitated the church. Because it's, and it's unfortunate that they would decapitate the church, because they did, and they put number four, not even three, number four, under above the, the two founding officers of the, of the of Jesus Christ Church. So let's just say that. Right. So Jesus was like, this is um, my church upon this rock. And he said the gates of hell will never prevail. And we wonder why they're prevailing because you know what? The gates of hell will never prevail has to do with the apostle and prophet. Hmm. Because they're the founders of the church, they're the definers of the church, they're the architects of the church, they're the blueprinters. And the church, apostles and prophets, did not start in the ecclesia. The ships did. Apostles did not start in the ecclesia. So we need to understand. So a lot of what you believe about the Christian church, and you say, well, I don't understand how we're getting taken out. You're getting taken out because the people to guard you have not been in power. And those that have come into position in that way, they bought into the prevailing evangelical traditional fundamentalist view. And none of them according to God. They're all starting with the, the stationary members. Always remember, you can always know the three of the fivefold by this. Apostles, prophet, evangelist, external. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pastor, teacher, internal. Because the pastor is to the church in-house and the teacher, of course, is the school. You always know it that way. So those, that, that tells you a lot. So what the, what the apostle, prophet, and evangelist share is that they are all field officers. Well, you always said 
way back when I met you, the apostle and the prophet do not have to have a congregation to have an office. And a pastor and a Lord evangelist. And a pastor without a congregation is a title. Is that a job? And teachers without students. Your title. So when you think about it, isn't it great to know? But when you think about it, we have been, the church has not been in divine order for ages, ages. What we're doing in near is that we're not just recalling, of the, reactivating the office or recalling the office. We are reactivating the entire dispensation based on scriptures offering mantles not based on evangelicalism, not based on traditionalism, not based on fundamentalism, and they all have a place because that's where pastors and bishops and all of those kinds of teachers, that's where they, that's where they sit, and that's where they serve God. No, the reason the planet is in trouble has to do with the global ministries being absent or diminished and people being taught that. You have universities telling you apostles don't exist. Yes. And I'm like, well, if apostles don't exist, why are you a university? And denominations. And denominations. And I'm like, but how can you exist without us? Because you did not, the revelation didn't come to you. And Paul talked about that. Like, did the revelation come to you? It didn't come to a pastor. It didn't come to an evangelist. It didn't come to a, uh, um, a teacher. Not that kind of a teacher. Because there, there is, the threefold is your, it, literally your, your institutional, constitutional, and the fivefold is your administrative. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. It's your administrative arm. They, they to carry it out. So we've got the thinkers, the, the executives, the legislative, constitutional, and then we have the carry it outers, the enforcers, the disseminators, etc. We have to know this stuff. We don't. And because we don't, then you, you half of you all that are being called to be apostles, you're like, well, I'm just going to be the same as my pastor. The sheep don't know why we need you. The pastors don't know why we need you. Bishops don't know why we need you because you've not defined yourself and you're not delineated. I wrote in my book, Eternities Generals, which is my book for training apostles. I have about four or five. Um, but I wrote in there how apostles represent the throne of Christ. There are people who represent the king himself and his throne, and there are ministers who represent his kingdom and his realm. Mm-hmm. And they're very different. See, because you can work for the kingdom. We work for the government all day long. We don't work for White House. Indeed. We don't work for the state house. We don't work for the Supreme Court for the government. So these kinds of fine points, and apostles are the ones that gave us those fine point things. You know, and, and, and when we go forward, as we, when you join us in uh, November, you're going to get a lot more detailed information. If you are an apostle or you're an apostolic leader and you want to train your people in this, this is a good training. You can say, I'll just take and snap straps and slips of, and slippers from Dr. Price's Facebook. You can do that all day long, but you'll never get a holistic training. We give you holistic because apostles are about holism, which is why holiness is a big deal to them. Because holiness is not just an entire, it's, it, it, it's holiness in God's mind is unfractured, un, unfettered, unfragmented, completely cohesive and united with no breaks or tears. And so you will never be more holy externally than you are in your soul. That's just it. So that's how God does it. So we have that. I mean, you have something else you got there. Yes. We need to start talking about this as well. October 26th through the 28th. 
our very own chief apostle, our very own chief prophet, and actually our near prophet, Angela Yamaba, will be speaking at the, let me, I want to get this right, New Beginnings Discipleship Ministries. It's their 10th annual women's retreat. If you have ever been to a women's conference <laughs> without your prices teaching, you know it's not about tiaras and nails. No, no. It is about taking the kingdom for Jesus Christ as a female and so many other things. And God's historic, historic, eternal abuse of lady wisdom, wisdom and, and women and all the way through, no matter what we hear. So you want to make it your business to be there. It is in Des Moines, Iowa. You can, uh, I need to check with Property Dia, see if it's on your site. It's definitely on her Facebook under events. Mm-hmm. You can go, you can click the link that will take you to the website to register for the conference. And uh, Friday, it begins in the evening, October 26th, and it goes through the 28th. Dr. Price is going to close yes. by doing the Sunday morning church service as oh, well. Yes. So, oh, man, church, church after conference, uh-huh. you want to be there. So to our women who are out there, especially our Joliet, Chicago women, Omaha, Nebraska, we yeah. have our delegation out there in the surrounding areas as far as just jumping in a car and driving and not being that far. Even Tulsa. I know we have some of our Tulsans driving. It's like six hours, not far. Uh, and it's fun when the Lord is with you. Oh, it's, it's very fun. You blink and you're there. So we want to have an amazing showing. They already have a good showing, and we want to have a, a gooder. Uh-huh. It is a gooder. We want the near showing to be there, the Congregation of the Mighty, to represent at this conference. So you want to go, and like I said, go to Dr. Price's Facebook. I'll check with Prophet Idea to make sure it's up on the website. It may or may not be yet, but it will be, I'm sure, by the end of tomorrow. Yes. And you can get all the information. Hotel registration information uh, is also there, and the address for the church and everything. We're having fun. So listen, do you have a lot? We wanted to take time to give you good reasons to go to the website right now or Eventbrite and get and register for this summit. You don't want to miss it. If you are particularly if you're a young apostle or new, you want to get this because this thing gives you hope. When we did the did it the last time people walked away and said, Well now at least I clearly know what it's about. And you won't have to worry about it. Like I don't expect any of those that are commissioned to wake up Monday morning saying, now what? <laughs> no, now what? No, no, no. Because that's already, actually, you're now what's already written out. Exactly. And so we, I expect them to wake up the Monday after and say, well, let's get to work. They will go to that portfolio that they have, that they keep. It is their own document. They keep it. We just photograph it. We keep a paper copy, but they keep their own doc, document with them and they can work that now let's say something happens to that apostle guess what the work doesn't stop because the right. portfolio can be followed as a roadmap and as a guide to fulfilling that commission i'm excited about this this is exciting do you all feel excited come on encourage me we'd love to hear some of your feedback i am grateful uh, to all of these people who have done it they fought for it and they're still scrapping Bless God. They're they still scrapping. But anything good is worth scrapping. If it's not worth scrapping, then it's not worth doing. And so I'm excited about that. I'm thrilled that I have two apostles that, you know, well, actually, I got my first homegrown one. Homegrown. Organic. Homegrown. Organic apostle. <laughs> See, I got converted and I got organic. Yeah. And so I'm excited 
about what God is doing here and what he's making happen. Great things are coming from it. They know their station. They know their, their emphases. They know all of that. So there is no vague of wondering what happened now. I think a lot of apostles get lost because you don't have that information. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people uh, have a letdown the Monday after because all it was was a loud music, excited, enthusiastic sermon where everybody just got up and prophesied over you. That's not how we do this. And if you're not invested, if we don't vest you, then you're not invested. There you go. Amen. All right. Ready? No um, no, I had enough. I had to do water. Yes, you can take that. I'll do water. Your jersey came out. My jersey came out. Water. Water. <laughs> it's sneaking out. Look at Because I'm going to the East Coast. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm going to. Yeah. So, wait a minute. Let's get here. Green is back, guys. I went into a room. And came back with the screen. So today, <clears throat> I want to talk about this whole thing with uh, Brett Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford, the psychologist that seems to have gone psychotic some, somehow. You know, I don't make light of it. You know, I don't make light of what she suffered. I think that it's interesting. But I'm going to need you as a psychologist to have processed that out and closed that out 36 years later. So the fact that that didn't happen is interesting. There we go. Can they see that, Ashley? So I am very, I don't know about you, but I am extremely concerned about the Democratic Party. I am extremely concerned about the things that they're doing that reminds us of street gangs. The law-breaking, the lawlessness, the deception, the bullying, the abuse. Where, I don't know where the polish went. Where, where did the dignity go? Because we don't, I don't see the dignity that we remember from our political parties. All I see over the last several years is, is rule-breaking and rule-making, bias. It's amazing that they have offered all of these bills on bias and prejudice and uh you know, injustice and abuse and, and all of that, and they're doing it, and nobody wants to hold them accountable for them breaking the laws and rewriting the rules. I'm trying to figure out, where is our Congress? Oh, right, they're in there. But I'm concerned, and I think that we all should be quite concerned about this last thing. You're talking about them refusing to get to refusing to yield to the very rules that have kept us a nation and that have put people in office and taken them out for ages. I am the bias. You're talking about. See, I don't mind you being partisan, but but partisan and prejudice. That's too. That's a real leap. It's a real leap for you to go from being partisan. This is my party to prejudice. Anything, anything Christian, anything conservative, anything that's not liberal is out of bounds. So we, we the little Americans down here at the bottom of the mountain, we get we're pawns. We get pushed around from side to side. They they kick us around like a football. We're nobody to these people. Nobody. You're talking about spending literally millions and millions of dollars on vendettas. Vendettas. We are, and then you're going to raise our taxes. How are you going to raise our taxes? Go get that money they spent. I think if they bring those kind of charges, they ought to be billed. We as Americans ought not to put the bill for that. 
I believe that the Democrats got a problem, they need to pay for it, and they need to foot the bill and not put it under some guise of some, some, of some governmental justice or political justice. Because what happened to this man is unjust. I don't care what, he, what, what anybody says, it's unjust. And every time they do it, they did it with the recount. We couldn't have the recount, so we had to foot that bill. And then they did it with other things. We had to foot all these bills and all of their vendettas. Why is it? Where is it in the Constitution? Where is it in any amendment that we get to foot the bill of political parties that vendetta? That is wrong. That is wrong. And then you're going to pass taxes on us because you use up our money on your vendetta. So I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned. I'm an African-American woman. You know, we, we think the D in our DNA is democratic as African-American people. Now, I don't. I've never been a Democrat in my life because even as a young woman, something about them scared me. And they, and, and they have proven themselves because they, because they always, and I'll tell you when they lost me, they lost me with that Clinton impeachment. That's when the Democrats lost me. And I never was a Democrat, but then I wasn't anything. But when I saw how unjust and unrighteous they were about and the lies, the literal lies that came out of their mouth about that Clinton impeachment, I said, okay, so there's something wrong with this party. Now, I don't know what spirit has a hold of it, but it's certainly not a healthy spirit. It is certainly was not. That was it. When they started, I mean, all of the deceptions and all of the unclean things, so by the time we got to Obama and their, their bias, these are, I don't, trust me, you can be loyal. Loyalty is expected. Loyalty is expected. We should be loyal to what we say we believe in. But loyalty to bias, to prejudice, that is a problem. Because if they're biased, then everybody who does not come under what they are cannot get a fair shake. That means you don't, they don't deliberate, they just react. They don't, they don't uh, communicate on anything or, 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 or uh, try to go it's for the best interest of the people. It's never the best interest of us because it's always the bias. And it's always the bias. Now, you can talk about all of the, this of life. This is not black and white. I want you to understand, character has no color. Character doesn't even have a culture. We impose those on character. Character has no culture. It has no gender. So we are, we're talking about a party that is biased against even what's obviously the truth. They have checked this man out every which kind of way, and they still won't. That's a problem. And in, in another era, somebody with that kind of dysfunction, because that's a dysfunction and it's a disorder. We call that delusion. We used to. They were, they were deluded. So these people with these issues, now, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know that it's a whole party, but I do know that if the party can't control this deluded, we got a problem. Because somebody in this, this party ought to be able to say, you know, guys, enough is enough. Somebody ought to be able to say, now, uh, enough is enough. So every time we get a nominee, we got to go and, again, put another installment on our vendetta bill. So the next guy coming up, we got to go through another year of, or two years of mudslinging and whatnot, lying testimonies, etc., because they decide that this vendetta has to, be, has to go on. This is a gangland vendetta. These people are acting like monsters. I think even monsters probably got more sense and more, more dignity, more savvy. This is a free-for-all. I listened to this, that African-American woman 
question him, and I'm thinking, this, this, there is nothing polished about this woman. When did we lose our polish? When did we lose our dignity? When did our public officials become brawlers? And why, are we, why do we have brawlers as public officials? When did we lose? It doesn't make a difference what the case is. But it does make every difference what the agenda is. And why is it that this agenda can break all protocols, all norms, all rules, all policies, simply because it hasn't been there? Why? Where is that, and is that going to become our legislation of the future? Will we be faced as Americans to include in our amendments the right for elected officials to behave as brawlers and to make us pay for their brawls? It's very important for us to understand. We have got to get to the bottom of this. So I put up on the screen, Democrats are demonic. I, I would like to know, because I know, you know, we're, you know, we're the spirit-filled Christians. I'm the, the Holy Ghost baptized. We know devils when we see them. We know the sound of them. We know them. They look. We, I've watched them go in and out of these people's mouths. So now we no longer have a Democratic Party. We have a demonic party where people can do the vilest things to folks, their family. They can do the vilest things to discredit someone. They can pay somebody to lie, to destroy a life, to, to demolish a life. And we can, is that our laws? Is that our legislation? Are those our regulations? So we're now regulated by vendettas, demonic vendettas, because devils are mad at Jesus Christ. So they're using their people as pawns against us. Is that what we're talking about? I didn't expect this to be a political thing because I know everything in this earth realm has a spiritual engine attached of spiritual ignition and motivation. So I, I started doing it. And I, I, I've been saying to people quietly because, you know, you try to, I don't even know, that's it. But why are they acting like gangland bullies? They want to bully everybody into what? then why have a political process? But maybe that's the goal. Why say we have a nomination process? Why say we have procedures when you can turn around and have a gangland bully tell you, I don't care what is written, I don't care what we've done before, we're not letting it happen, and if we have to break every law and breach every covenant and rip apart every unity, we'll do it. We'll do it. I think I would love for our Congress and our, our, our politicians of right to halt this train because I'm telling you, nobody is going to be exempt. What happened to this man can happen to every senator, every congressman, and every representative in the country. It can happen to everybody in the U.N. Any woman can come out of the, out of the shadows and swear you did something to her while she was on the way to the bathroom. And you know what? Very few men have gotten to where they are without pitching a bottom, jiggling a boat, slapping a behind, and that can come out of the woodwork on you. Do we really want that kind of political process for, for vetting and screening our leaders? Do we really want that? Every woman, any woman, you could bump into a woman accidentally, and if you, with your elbow hit her breast, she's going to say that you, are, you sexually molested her. You didn't even know that she was there. You didn't even recognize her because she was just a body that you bumped into in a crowded room. But do we really want this? 
Because, see, we have set the stage for all of these women to come out of the woodwork who had a one-night stand, rose to the top, got what they want, and it's over. We've set the stage to cry, to cry rape under any circumstances, and they don't have to really prove it because we have primed the public to, to, uh, uh, for a knee-jerk response to such claims and such allegations that in our knee-jerk response, the woman is right and the man is wrong. See, I'm a woman, so I'm going to say this because I am a woman. And I know women games. And all women know women games. We all know it because we were all trying to get a boyfriend, trying to get a, a date, trying to get a mate, trying to get a husband for the kids, whatever. We all know the games. And we live in a sexually charged uh, environment that has been deliberately primed for indiscriminate sexuality. And then, but when it serves our purpose, then somebody can cry wolf. And I look at the, I read, I read this lady, I stand up back, but I'm like, but you're a psychologist, come on. And you say, baby, no, for a, an extinguished, I'm talking about really distinguished university. And you're a psychologist, you've done studies, et cetera, and you're standing here. I, I asked God, you know me, I'm always going to go for the, the highest call. I said, God, I need the bribers to be revealed because this with bribery is clear, clear simple. Now, I don't know whether anything happened to the woman or not, but I do know that our FBI is a little better than she gives them credit for because they like their jobs too. So they're not going to go after this and, and, and begin to, you know, go after this and have somebody sitting there that's going to say so-and-so failed in his job. These people are good, they're well-trained, and they're well-screened. And so they would know. And they have gone after this man all these times. And the fact that we let that, that the American people let that go. Now, I could see them saying, let's check it once more. Maybe something fell through the crap. Buddy was ready for retirement. Susie was ready to go on, on a trip or something. This one was getting another job when it was, was happening. Maybe they didn't give it their full attention. But in the end, this should have never gone on. This is a, and this is a vendetta. And we need to call it that. The American people need to call it. The, 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 I'm telling you, it's the Kavanaugh vendetta. He just got caught in the crosshairs of this, of whatever unclean spirit running this thing, having boxing it out with Jesus Christ. Because he does that. Because you know they don't want us to stay Christian nation. They don't want that. So if they can do anything, the last thing they want is Christians in power, and certainly not good ones. Certainly not. You know, uh, as you can say with him, you know, you can't, you, you can't accuse him of anything. You can't buy them. You can't bribe them. Hell has nothing that they want. Crime has nothing that they want. See, that's what we haven't wanted. And so I'm saying to, I'm thinking today as we're talking, and I'm thinking, but these people are, if, if this was done in a corporation, if this was done in some sort of other political setting, it will be clear that this party is wrong. Now, whether they meant to be wrong or whether they're just running on emotional steam, that's, that's debatable. But they are behaving like gangs. And they're ganging up on whomever they don't like. And they're ganging up on the American people by deciding that we cannot make a decision or if we do, our decisions cannot stand. 
Now that's bullying. I'm sorry, but you do what they're doing to us as a country. What happens to a kid in the schoolyard? A, the bully gang comes, catch you up by the collar, and because you didn't say what they wanted you to say, because you didn't do what they wanted you to do, because you won't give them their way, they beat you to a pulp. America has yet to realize that this thing bummed our country. They beat us. They pummeled us like we were nothing, like we were schoolyard kids. Pummeled by everything. I don't care. Well, this is what she said. After you got talking about going out there getting folks to stand up and say, yeah, well. Well, so I went, you know, I woke up yesterday and the, the, the Holy Ghost started talking to me about it. And he said, but you know, heaven has a response. And I pity Sister Ford. Because it said, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And since she didn't prove her witness is true, we are left with her being on the spot for false witness because she didn't prove her case because she really didn't want to do it. And whoever the power was or whatever the manipulation was that got her to come out like that was not about to let her back down. But I, I sincerely believe that she did not expect to become world chatter. And that's what she's become, world chatter. And I can't imagine her feeling really good about this. But, you know, one of the things about getting caught up in other people's fights, you know, the Bible says very clearly, don't you get another man's battle? Proverbs talks about that. Because when you get caught up, you have to go the distance. You have to go to the end of the bout. So I was studying. And so under this, this is Wikipedia. I know a lot of y'all don't like it, but I, I, I praise the Wikipedia because they, you know, they don't care that you didn't like them. They just kept getting it right. They just kept working on it. I like the Wikipedia. All right. What false witness means? Thou shalt not bear false witness forbid speaking falsely in any matter, lying, equivocating in any uh, way, devising and designing to deceive our neighbor. Speaking unjustly. This is where she was. And where those women were speaking unjustly against our neighbor to the prejudice of his reputation. So the whole goal was to prejudice us against his reputation, a reputation that's clear. I come against delusion on our country because there's no way in the world that anybody who says I agree with her can look at the fact that she herself can't prove her case and not wonder. But see, there's a, again, this vendetta is this working of witchcraft, which is blinding people. It's blinding their minds. So the God of this world has blinded their minds that they cannot receive the truth and the love of the truth. So this is real. So you see, because saints need to know uh, whether or not, I, I speak to two people, two people groups, the saints and the righteous, um, three if you add the godless, because not every righteous person is a Christian, but that doesn't mean they're not righteous. And a lot of righteous people have a problem with this. Not every righteous person is ungodly. Some of them just believe in the ways of a healthy, wholesome society. And not every righteous person likes a bully. Most people cannot stand a bully. Now, you can see it in your kids. You can see it in the gangs. You can see it in the terrorists. What they did was terrorize this man, and it was horrible. It was horrible. What they did to this man, they terrorized him for the sake of their vendetta against Jesus Christ, against righteousness, against truth, against holiness. And we 
as believers have got to learn to start praying this down, which is what I'm going to lead us into doing when I'm done. So the whole idea was to prejudice us, to get us to prejudge his reputation, a reputation that has served the country well. If he was a newcomer, we would all understand. If he was a novice in the, in the office, just came into this, we would all understand. This man has served us, and this woman has had 36 years, and nobody thinks that she did not have some sort of help. 36 years, you found the courage? That's a long time to resolve an issue. To resolve, most people would call you at least healed, if not, you know, would call you in remission, if not healed. 36 years, they would tell you that the disease is gone. But the worst of it, the worst of it is that this poor woman has no idea what she's done to her life. And no matter how many times the enemy promises you roses after the end of a rebellion and at the end of a, a uh, what do you call them, allegation, false report, you can't deliver because the wages of sin is there, whether that's to your home, to your family, to your friends, to relationships, to your job. You know, death doesn't have to be corporeal to be effective. And so we're at a place now where this man has to go on, and he will go on. But I'll tell you something. I think we need to revisit this, and I think the price of these vendettas need to come off the American people. Now, I, you know, I, I frankly think that we need the parties because, you know, one person, you know, one party does, you know, tempers the other. I, I agree with that. I, I, I almost agree with it. I won't say I do. 100%. But I can see the merits of it. Let me say it that way. I can see the merits of one party. But when we got a, 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 a party who's gone completely out of the orbit of politics, see, they're not even in the orbit of politics any longer. This isn't politics. This is so not. This is battling. This is brutality. This is brawling. This isn't politics. Because politics is about the people. Poly, us. Kick, how we work how we think, what we need. See, we've forgotten that because the people spoke. We spoke in the election. We spoke in all of the things that we've been living. And when we were beaten, when the righteous were beaten down, nobody cared about us. Nobody cared about the poly in the kids. And here we are again, still not caring about the poly in the kids, in the technique. So this new technique of raising up false witnesses, is that really a ground that our country should travel? Is that really what we want to do? Because we are guaranteed, in doing so, we're raising up the spirit of a liar. Now, we know politicians don't always tell us the truth. We know some of them can't spell truth. But you know what? Do we want to make it legislated? Do we really want to legislate and, and enact every single time? It's time for us to nominate anybody for anything. Do we really want to do that? And, and, and are we the ones making the decisions? For example, is it the, the culprits that get to make the decision or the citizens? Because we're the citizens. Nobody asks us. Nobody, we do these polls and people poll, the, the fraternities, their schools. Their, these are biased polls. The average of me, I don't ever get asked. 
Don't ask me anything, because I got a lot to say. But I don't get asked. Most of us, by the time we hear the news, the polls are already, we don't know where the polls are. Somebody needs to have a site where we post all them polls, and we find out who the pollsters are and who the pollers are. Because we don't know. We take somebody's word for it. You, you, y'all might have been at a, 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 a party, an all-night party. Okay, well, let's just take a poll. Okay, how many of y'all raise your hand? Okay, not the poll. We don't know. What false witness means? It is the distinction between lying versus perjury, which is always unlawful under criminal law and liable to punishment. I thought that was very good. In Jewish tradition, a distinction was made between lying in general and bearing false witness, which is perjury specifically. So when God says, thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor, he's saying you shouldn't perjure yourself against your neighbor. And then bearing false witness, perjury, was always prohibited according to the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments. So God always, always prohibited false witness and false testimony. Lying in this is what I wanted to get to, well, one of the two. Lying in general was acknowledged to be permissible or commendable or a commendable white lie not done under oath and not harmful to someone else. So I just want to talk about this. Who colored the lie? And where is the lie color powder? There must be a color palette for lies. White lie meaning what? Does white mean pure lie? Does it mean the right lie? Does it mean right, a lie of righteousness? I, I know we like to call it the kind lie. So, and then we go from white to shades of gray till we get to black. So the black lie, I'm assuming, is the harmful lie, which means, and black meaning judgment. So it's the judgeable lie. So somewhere within this, this spectrum of lie, shades of lie and nuances of lies, there is an okay. So let me just go on the record to say that God has no such thing as black and white. Black and white, not the almighty. He doesn't have it. In God's world, a lie is a lie because it's against his codes of creation. It's against the coding of his government. So in God's world, a lie is a lie. Anyway, any untruth is a lie. And God says, when we talk about white lie, it says, see, they must have been dealing with this way back then. No lie is of the truth. No lie. So white lie can't be peace truth. It can't be partly true. It just can't be. Now, I know we do things like tell people their hair looks great when it doesn't and things like that because we don't want to hurt their feelings. So it's better for them to find out later that you told somebody else their hair was hideous. That surely is not going to hurt them. It's better just to say nothing. Do you like my hair? Nothing or not particularly. They'll get over that 30-second not particularly because what will happen is their self-preservation will kick in, and they'll say, I don't care what you think. I like it. Now, see, they take care of themselves. And I like my hair, so I'm going to wear it like that. Well, good. That's a white lie. A white lie to me would be an unnecessary lie. If it's, if it's unmeaningful, then why do it? That you teach your kids that um, we're going out and then you change it. Oh, yeah, my kid got sick. 
And so you don't call enough sickness on your kids. You're wondering why they're in the hospital. Because so you've used that excuse that much. So God has no white or black. Now, I, I can tell you the truth. We all have to struggle with it because we are all made in sin and shaped in iniquity. We have to struggle with that. That is just human nature that's in this world. But when it comes time to demolishing someone's life and demolishing someone's reputation, they shredded this man's years of faithful service for a vendetta that we had to pay for. But we, in fact, helped them shred this man's reputation, whether we agree with it or not. Then when it comes to that, they, the lie, it becomes a crime if you do it under oath. It's a crime. And so, and if you haven't proven your case, then clearly you misremember. You misrecalled it. But when you found that out, you needed to have bowed out. Now, I noticed that we have a constant uh, recurrence of this. This thing keeps recurring, and because this is the, the this is the weapon in their arsenal. This here is the weapon in their arsenal. They're raising up, finding false witnesses. That's what they're they're finding false witnesses. If you can't find truth, so they couldn't find clearly they couldn't find any true witnesses against this man. So they went out on a a party to find false witnesses and to see which one could be persuaded to break the law. Now, I believe that women do, a lot of women in position have great stories. A lot of, you know, what is they something like every three seconds a woman is raped or something ridiculous like that? So the fact that a lot of women could have a rape story is real. That's a reality. A lot of our Congressional folks, male or female, can all be brought into that. Every one of you all, because all somebody has to do is set their sights on you and then go out and send a search party out for false witnesses or truth, things that you've forgotten, things that you were high about, things that you didn't do but you were a party to. But do you really, do we really want to set that precedent? Really, in honesty. Do we really want to set that person? Because all of these congressmen people and these senators who are going to have to vote this man in have got to ask themselves, do they really want to sanction something so horrible and such an abhorrent abuse of, just, of, 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 of authority and power and justice? This is an abuse of their power. Vendettas of people in seats of authority is an abuse. That's an abuse of power, abuse of office, abuse of authority. Do we really want that? Because, see, that means all of our Congress people need to look behind their shoulders and, and, and try to go back and make sure sister so-and-so is dead and so-and-so else is married, someone else has left the country, so that their, their past cannot come back as a weapon or a cudgel to use against their success and their attainments. That's a big deal. I have one final thing, and then we'll bring our prophets up, and that is, I firmly believe, I'm just, you know me, I'm just James Q. Citizen. Just a citizen, everyday citizen. I go to, well, I don't do that. But uh, yeah, I can. I was going to say I go to store, but I, I don't. <laughs> you know, 
I, I shop like you do. I live the life you live. We all, all of us just trying to make it in this life. This dust pole called earth could be a little difficult sometimes. But we do make the best of it. And I firmly believe that women who come out and do this and who allow themselves to be false witnesses against anybody, but especially against our political figures, ought to pay damages. This woman ought to pay damages for what she did to his reputation. There ought to be some compensation. If we're not going to call it a crime, then at least we can call it a damage. And she ought to pay damage. I think that they ought to, if they come out, I don't care if they come out in 50, 90, 100, if that's what they want to do, if they prove their case, that's one thing. But Bill Cosby, the case was proven again and again and again and again. But, it's, but, but in, this, in this particular case, they have proven our highest investigative body in the country has done it over and over again, and it's been proven to be untrue. Then she should pay damages to his estate. I don't care if it's just having her put some money in, the, in his favorite charity, but she needs to pay damages because this needs to cease. And they need to be less inclined to bear false witness for the sake of a paycheck or a bribe or whatever promise. I don't know. But they need but there needs to be repercussions. She has not she shouldn't just get to run off in the light. She's got her fifteen minutes of fame. People are now remembering you're the one because what people are gonna remember is that you're the one that lied on Brett Kavanaugh. They're not gonna remember that it really happened to you. You just don't remember who did it. Nobody's gonna recall that. Because we, as far as we're concerned, if you can't remember who did it, anything that traumatic, oh, baby, you never forget. I promise you, you never forget. You almost remember the day, but you definitely remember the setting. You remember the setting. You remember the environment. You remember the condition, and you remember that ugly face that looked at you while it was tearing you up. You don't forget that. I don't care if you're 90 years old. You remember it. It doesn't ever go away in your life. It gets buried in your subconscious and various things that, that correlate with that day or that event, raise it up again, and it's triggered. And you don't ever forget. And so that's why women who have been in that position will tell you, no, nah, she's lying because she would remember, because you can't, and, unless you're drugged. And even if you're drugged, you'll dream it all the time. You're, you're cause it's un, unresolved, so you dream it. You just keep dreaming. Hallelujah. Are you ready? How are they doing? How are they doing with you? Oh. Um, you want to share something? Yes. That you are correct. I forget. Uh, someone said she got paid privately and publicly by the funding account. Okay. Agreement with that truth. Uh, let's see. No black and white, no gray. We have a couple of crazies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, even with the polling. Um, somebody said they were getting ready to the teenager. I remember it now. Mm-hmm. Even with the polls, I remember during the um, election season with Trump and how they were explaining polling mm-hmm. and how you do have to ask questions mm-hmm. because the polls can be 
we pulled 1,200 people on this college campus. In the political science department. And so they're going to say 90% of people mm-hmm. polled believe this. And like you said, but none of us have ever been polled. Mm-hmm. polled. No, no. Ever. It's like, where are these? And so they said that polls hold very little credibility because the person polling is specifically shopping mm-hmm. to the area that will give them the most favorable numbers to persuade mm-hmm. the public that what they want is true, which is why they had all of these polls and numbers about Hillary, 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 everybody's supporting her, and everybody's mind was blown mm-hmm. when it didn't happen. What would happen to all of the polls? Mm-hmm. I am. Well, continue to give me your thoughts. It's, I, I, it's, it's interesting um, to hear from you. Is there uh, the other prophet? I guess will be rounding the. She's rounding. The, you were good today. <laughs> tactical. Tactical today. Uh, wasn't I tactical? You were. Yep. You know, you're addressing something that uh, people are getting their heads sliced off everywhere. Mm-hmm. in every public platform you can think of for addressing this. Um, and, and we have to be brave enough to address it anyway. Yep. You know, um, there was a comment that was made. I was watching via Facebook as this broadcast was going on that you're, you were saying, you know, similar things to what someone tried to address to their people group and they just, you know, basically got assassinated for it. And that's, we have to understand that that's the tactic as well. You know, you, you start to bring up this issue and people uh, just basically shut you down and mm-hmm. won't even let you bring out an alter, alter, alternative argument. And that's an indicator right away yep. that something is awry, yep. you know. And so we have to also recognize this, the tactics and the strategies. we got to get back to a place in this country where we can talk about differing opinions in an intelligent and logical way, and we're actually going to hear each mm-hmm. other. I love that you addressed this today because, you know, someone that sits in your seat of authority with the logic and the intelligence with which you address things helps people to be able to say, you know, listen, just watch this point of view. I agree with this. <laughs> you know? yeah. I agree with how this was presented because so many times we're not given even the opportunity to get the whole opinion out no. before you are just lambasted with your hater and just what the name calling comes out um that's why i can't deal with people like you because you're so judgmental or that's why i can't i can't talk to people like you because you're so racist and just all this stuff and we have to recognize the labels Mm -hmm. that are used to shut down the argument that you made today because that's what happened yeah i can believe it one of the things that i will say is that in addition this gangland spirit on the democrats has, and I, I, you know, I believe that politics turn sour. Anyhow, we've been knowing that. But, but I'm gonna need you not to act like a gangster with me. Because mm-hmm. that's a, no, that's a gangster move. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're gonna yell at you. We're gonna yes. punish you before yes. you get it out. We, because people are not taught to think. They're they're trying to feel, and because their feelings are are dysfunctional yes. because the information is too minimal. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna always have a dysfunctional response because the information that they would usually uh, draw on for a sage conversation and a sage argument is wanting. It isn't there. So when they'll start. So those people, they're not worth your intelligence anyway. You know, I'm yeah. just being honest, but what Satan has tried to do is, is multiply the gangster. I mean, think about it. We're in a gangster era. We got gangster movies. We got gangster, gangster, oh, yeah. gangster this and that. All of this gangster show. So what are people trained to be? Gangster like in everything. And so unless there is an intelligence that's going to come along and be given a, a, an important state. I mean, you got news media people cutting up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Y'all, do you all know that you all are like 
high school? Like a kid in high school. So we're, because now everybody is free to be abusive and assaulting. You can assault others if you disagree, because that's, the, that's yes. the climate we've created, yes. you know, the climate of verbal assault, the climate of, of, of abusive disagreement, of contemptuous disagreement, because we've done that. Why? Because the, the whole idea was to get a mob thing. So people are always mob ready. They're ready to do the mob thing, yeah. you know? We're, come on, our protesters, mob thing. We have done that. And how we'll turn that around? Well, that's a whole other broadcast, but it will turn around. Mm-hmm. It will turn around. And so, and, and I firmly believe that the women who do, they should not walk away scot free. Well, because then they're going to end up, that's going to be a career. Oh, hey, yeah. let's pull Molly out again. She was so good the last time. And that's, people just, when you were talking about needing proof, we do like to run down, and they're very valid, the statistics of women who are assaulted. But we don't talk about the false accusations mm-hmm. and these people's lives who are wrecked. And even when they're found innocent with undeniable proof, mm-hmm. That stigma is still there. They will never outrun it. They'll always be remembered of you were the football players that, you were the lacrosse mm-hmm. players that, you were the whatever that. And um, it's, it's true. And, and because this is an emotional thing that we're dealing with and a, obviously a human issue, you do have to have that maturity to separate just because there are people who are not prosecuted for their crimes mm-hmm. does not mean that everybody who is accused is guilty. And that's what we, we blend together. See, this is why, when we were talking to this, this is why, um, you know, women don't want to come forward. Because mm-hmm. ever, but this isn't this issue. This issue, issue is she can't prove after almost 40 years mm-hmm. that he, beyond a shadow of a doubt, because that's what we have to get to, mm-hmm. committed this crime. And nobody wants to talk about how all the women who came forward in the beginning to vouch for his character. Yeah, he was something like 15 women. How many? Something ridiculous. Uh, no, no, no. Was over, at least over 20, yeah. I know for sure. I'm not sure the number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all of these women come forward and say, this was a good guy. Some of them may have been wanting to seduce him, and he just rebuffed them so they know he's a good guy. But because that happens. Mm-hmm. But it has always bothered me. But first of all, humans cannot have boundaries. They just can't. That's why justice is always blind, because they don't know how to balance scale. We can, uh, uh, to us, a pendulum can't ever be dead center. It's got to go this way or that way. It's either all women who, who have been raped. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.